I know it had to be an exciting day for you on Monday, I guess, was your first OTA. And to see Dak come jogging back out there. And I'm sure you've been a part of the rehab, so you've seen him a little bit. But for the rest of us, after watching what happened in New York in October last year uh, with that ankle of his, just to see him looking normal in a football uniform again and throwing the ball around, uh, it, it had to be a great day for the Cowboys organization. Uh, without a doubt. And, and as, you, as you said, he's been here working out the whole time, so you've been able to watch him go through the rehab process and do the footwork and quarterback drills throughout that. So, But to see him throw behind the offensive line, um, I, I know he was excited about it. And, you know, I, there, I don't know if he's taking a week off. He's, I mean, he's been here every day since the injury. So um, we're off to a good start there. All right, joining us now, the uh, head coach of the iconic Dallas Cowboys, Mr. Mike McCarthy. And, uh, you know, I, 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 was, I was thinking about you from the standpoint of you've been around iconic franchises your whole life, right? I mean, you're like the, the Yankees and the Montreal Canadiens and the L.A. Lakers, but you grew up with the Pittsburgh Steelers, head coach, of the Green Bay Packers, head coach of the Dallas Cowboys, that's about as high up the ladder in our game as you can go. Yeah, definitely. I mean, to say the least, very blessed, uh, without a question. I mean, it's not something that um, I definitely wrote in my yearbook in high school that I, <laughs> was part of my plan. But, uh, yeah, definitely. Growing up in Pittsburgh during the 70s, obviously, you know, your career in Cincinnati, those are great AFC Central battles and, uh, you know, you can't grow up in Western PA without being a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. So, uh, but then I was just fortunate to, to get in the NFL at a young age, you know, with Marty Schottenheimer and the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, what a, what a great organization to, to break into and, you know, learn the history of the NFL, you know, Lamar Hunt and the impact that, that he's had on the, on, on the National Football League. And, you know, then frankly, be able to, to work in Green Bay as an assistant coach and, uh, also, New Orleans, you know, I was there for five years and, and then is, you know, blessed to work for the 49ers also for a year. So, um, yeah, I, I've been extremely fortunate in, in my professional opportunities. Uh, question. I, I was trying to, I, I don't really know, what was your background starting out in football? Like, what position did you play? What, what, <laughs> how, did you, how did you get into this crazy game? Well, I, I played tight end. You know, I was, a, I was a tight end at Baker University. So, and then I went to Fort Hayes State University um, for grad, graduate school. That's where I, I started my coaching career. I was an outside linebacker coach for two years there. And then I went back to uh, Pittsburgh and frankly volunteered because I, I wanted to, you know, try to, to break into the major college level. I mean, that was my ultimate goal was to be in, uh, you know, major college football. And um, I was able to I did a volunteer position in 1989 for, for Mike Godfrey um, at the University of Pittsburgh. And Paul Hackett, ironically, just came from the Dallas Cowboys. Um, you know, he was on Coach Landry's last staff, and he was the offensive coordinator at the University of Pittsburgh in 1989. So uh, Paul then became the head coach, you know, for three years. And so I was basically uh, Paul's assistant for four years there. Um, and that's where I learned the quarterback position, you know, from him. So... Um, and, and owe so much to him, not only just about quarterback play, but coaching and just the whole, 
his whole outlook and, you know, particularly, you know, his experience with Coach Walsh in San Francisco and Coach Landry in Dallas. So, you know, just a lot of things that uh, you're able to learn from him and, and Marty Schottenheimer. Those, those two really kind of paved the foundation for me in, in the way I, I view this industry and, and the way I view the, the game of football. So I was with Paul for four years at University of Pittsburgh, and then uh, Paul went to Kansas City as the offensive coordinator, and then I was able to go there. Um, also, obviously, Marty was the head coach, and I was there uh, six years, uh, two years as quality control and four years as quarterback coach. So that's, that's how I broke in. So Paul Hackett was really the key. Paul Hackett also recruited oh, me when he was okay. at USC, and okay. he came to Titusville, Florida, my little podunk hometown yeah. down there. And he was like, look, I know I'm probably going to lose you to the University of Florida, but have you ever been to California? I'm like, no, I've never been to California. Come on out. Had a whole day set up, and of course this was pre-OJ time. I spent the yeah. entire day with OJ Simpson, Anthony Munoz was given $200 to recruit me. He bought me a cheeseburger, took me back to the hotel. He gave me two free Lakers tickets, and that was it. I go, okay, I'm not coming to L.A. because you're a crappy recruiting guy, Anthony Munoz, but I will ride that all pro in Cincinnati for as long as he, uh, <laughs> as long as he can go. Yeah. But I love Paul Hackett. I, I, yeah. He's my guy now. I love him. Oh, absolutely. Great coach. Great mind. Yeah, so fortunate. I mean, him and Elizabeth. Can't say enough about him and his family. Yeah, you know what? Huge impact on me. You know who I think is maybe the most underrated coach in the history of the game, though, might be Marty Schottenheimer. I oh, mean, I agree. he should have been in two Super Bowls at least. Obviously, we know about the plays. You think about in San Diego, some of the things that happened out there, the the missed opportunities guy just had no luck at all at the end of some of those games or we'd be talking about him as one of the greatest coaches ever well i agree and i think you know when you're when you want to build a program you know establish a foundation especially fundamentals um there's nobody better just his his command of the football team you know clear expectations i think you know everything a young coach and a young player needs at the beginning of his career in this league yeah so i mean there's there's not a day that doesn't go by uh here in dallas that there's 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 parts of marty schottenheimer um in our program just the way we operate the way we schedule um just the way we present and the emphasis of fundamentals over scheme so yeah he, uh, marty was a tremendous tremendous football coach and i think anybody that's ever played for him or worked for him would definitely echo that so uh, we've been over your career a million times, world champion with the Green Bay Packers in Super Bowl Forty Five, beating your hometown Pittsburgh Steelers. I never really had stopped to think about that since uh, since our conversations. Was that even remotely weird to be taking on the Steelers and winning your first championship that way? You know, it, it really was, but it was it was more after the fact because I I, I was so um, I mean, there's so much that goes into that game, as you know. And leading up, and I didn't really want it to be about that, um, but it, it it frankly really didn't really hit hit me till after the game. Uh, the game's over, and you know you go up to you accept the trophy, and and uh, you know the next thing you know you don't really know where you are in the stadium. They're pulling you from one press conference to the next, and you know ESPN, NFL Network, and 
but when they presented the trophy and, and, and we went and did the press conference, um, when I, when I come off the, the press conference, uh, the stage, come down the steps and Dan Rooney, Art Rooney, you know, and, uh, Kevin Colbert and Omar Khan, you know, the, the Steelers organization, those, those guys were the first to congratulate me after the game. And that's really, yeah. And it just says so much about, you know, them and their organization and the Rooney family. And, and that, that's when it hit me. I was like, you know, wow. So, um, yeah, it, it's, you know, it's the black and gold still gets you going a little bit. I mean, I, you know, I think it's just part of, you know, I still follow those guys, keep, keep my eye on what they're doing. Cause they're, you know, they're still playing the same way, you know, great defense and, 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 um, but yeah, that's, that, that's, I would have much rather played any other team. I'm just glad we beat them, but uh, I think it would have been a little easier, but it didn't really hit me to after the game. Cause you're so consumed in getting your, getting your team ready. And, and there's so much that goes into leading up to that game. You, you didn't have any family members that were having a hard time deciding which team to cheer for, did you? No, we, they kind of grew out of that. You know, I, <laughs> uh, you know, we used to have the the, the brother-in-laws that would wear the, you know, the, the Steelers underwear and T-shirts underneath the, the Packer gear and, <laughs> and things like that. But uh, I think we've we've grown we've grown out of that phase. So they're uh, they're definitely Cowboy fans through and through now. So. I, I talking about the Cowboys. I have tried to describe Jerry Jones to as many people as you can, and there are a lot of BSers in the world, right? And mm -hmm. you know, and 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 Jerry a little bit's going to fall into that category. But most most BSers are they're trying to fool you in some way. Jerry, you know exactly who he is exactly what he wants, exactly the reason he's buttering you up, exactly the reason that he's flying you on his helicopter around there. He wants those relationships. I always laugh at, at uh, I heard one guy who um, was trying to sell Jerry all the furniture into the Dallas, the Cowboys stadium. Yeah. And he said, and got to the final point there. And he said, he goes, I want you to know how lucky I think that you are to have the opportunity to furnish the entire Cowboys stadium and have your brand on the Cowboys stadium and what that must mean to your franchise. And that was it. <laughs> and I think the guy went for it. You know, it's like, okay, that's good. But can you explain? I think your first meeting with him went like 12 hours or something, right? I mean, when you were getting interviewed for the job, give me a Jerry Jones, how people can understand this guy. I mean, he's by far the most personable um, man I've, individual I've ever met. And, and I, I can't say how much I've enjoyed our relationship. But, yeah, you know exactly where he's coming from. Um, he, he's direct. And his people skills are, are off the charts. I, I think that's a – I mean, his love for his family and the family dynamic that exists in this organization, um, it, it's – it's a, we have a tremendous vibe. And, and, he, and he's obviously – him and his wife Gina created that here. So um yeah, I, I can't say enough about him because you know, not only did he he <laughs> he meant what he said to the furniture guy too. And he believed it, you know, with everything, <laughs> every fiber in his body. But no, he is he is as genuine um people person that, I, that I've ever been around. So I mean he's he's passionate and cares about everything he gets involved in and he's involved in everything. So I I can't say enough about him. 
Yeah. I, I know it had to be an exciting day for you on Monday, I guess, was your first OTA. And to see Dak come jogging back out there. And I'm sure you've been a part of the rehab, so you've seen him a little bit. But for the rest of us, after watching what happened in New York in October last year uh, with that ankle of his, just to see him looking normal in a football uniform again and throwing the ball around, uh, it, it had to be a great day for the Cowboys organization. Uh, without a doubt. And, and as, you, as you said, he's been here working out the whole time, so you've been able to watch him go through the rehab process and do the footwork and quarterback drills throughout that. So, But to see him throw behind the offensive line, um, I know he was excited about it, and and you need these practices. I mean, it's been a couple of years for me personally of being out there, you know, since 2018. So it was great to be able to coach your team again, and and um, just just do all the little things that you need. You know, just the the, the amount of work just in the cadence. You know, to, to see him under center. You know, and uh, just do. We're obviously focusing mostly on the passing game. So yeah, it's 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 great to have Doc out there, and, and he's. He puts so much into it, you know, his his energy and his work ethic is off the charts. So, but uh, we, you know, we have, we've had two really good days and, you know, we need to, you know, hit these next six and feel good about where we are. But uh, yeah, no doubt. It's it's great to see the prog progress that he's made. And um, because, you know, I, there, I don't know if he's taking a week off. He's, I mean, he's been here every day since the injury. So um, we're off to a good start there. Yeah, it, it takes a unique breed to be the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys, to be the head coach of the yeah. Dallas Cowboys. Honestly, there's just so much more expected of you than maybe any other position in football. Uh, not just the quarterback, but quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. And he has uh, uh, just such an easy demeanor about him. He's been through a lot. He's been through a lot with his own personal family and his mom and his brother and, and all the different things. Um, but I'm sure that he's been handling this in, in much the same way. Give people a little understanding of what Dak is about and, and who he is as the quarterback of the Cowboys. I'll say this, uh, his, his consistency in, in how, he, how he interacts every day is, is off the charts. I mean, he, he, if you can compliment him, on his personality alone, I mean, he is literally the same guy every day. I mean, he, he's had some, he is. he's had some tough, tough personal days here, and tough moments, and um, but you know, just the way he interacts with everybody in the locker room, you know, in the equipment room, the train. I mean, it, it's it's everybody is is on the same plane with him, and um, he's as natural as a leader that 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 you'll find. And um, and you know, and, and this is his football team, and you know, we've had a lot of change. Uh, we've you know we've lost I think over 55 years of of experience with the with the men that have moved on and and retired and so forth and so I mean this this is truly his football team and um, and it comes very natural to him very natural so um, I, I can't uh, I've, I've enjoyed all the meetings you know we're, it's good to be in front of our guys at the in person meetings but you know, extremely consistent uh, with his work ethic and his approach and and like you said he handles all the extra 
uh, all the extra that goes in to being the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. It was a very strange year for your first year a season ago. You guys jump out offensively and you're, I mean, lighting the world on fire, right? I mean, that was it was amazing to watch those first five games or so and, until Dak gets hurt. And I think the, the term 40-burger was thrown around for all the 40-point the games. And, you know, that was sort of the, the goal of what's going on. Uh, Mike Nolan was the defensive coordinator. It, you know, we can go down a bunch of injuries. We can go down a lot of different things that happened last year. But defensively, it was rough. You know, I mean, we, we just weren't used to seeing that uh, out of the Dallas Cowboys. I, I know you guys have, uh, you know, with the draft and been able to, to I don't know, recreate a little bit of what you're hoping for this year but take me through what you feel like is going to be different defensively this year well I mean we definitely needed a lot of change um, you know we knew going into the season uh, last year the offense was was ahead of the defense and I think like every year you, you try to project how you think your team's going to grow and, and, and navigate as the season goes on uh, we definitely were at the, at the high end of, of adversity uh, the different challenges. I know. I know. My time as a head coach was clearly the highest. So, and, and you know, and our guys battled through it. But you know, we really didn't get the defense where we would have liked to get to till near, near the end of the year. Um, so, uh, and that's clearly the 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 amount the amount of change has primarily been focused on the defense. So, uh, we feel like we need to change directions, uh, coaching wise. Uh, then we're fortunate to be able to hired Dan Quinn and made some other staff changes. So uh, that, that's been, that, that has gone very well. I'm excited about what Dan brings. And also I think that the personnel changes on defense. Uh, we've been, we've been talking about, uh, you know, changing the, the, you know, the player, the type of players on defense since I got here, we felt like we needed to, to get a lot longer, you know, bigger in the defensive front. I feel like we've, we've, we've hit the target in both the veteran free agents and uh, in the defensive, you know, the defensive draft that we had this year, so um, we look a lot different on defense uh, than, we, than we did this time last year. So, uh, but I also recognize we, we we have a ton of work to do. I mean, we have a lot of work to do. So, uh, we we changed the system, the language, um, and, and, and want to be still want to be a little more aggressive uh, with the volume of, of scheme. But at the end of the day, we, we needed to we need to get longer, you know, and. and uh, play with a lot more length and, and it, it's definitely uh, the body types and the, and the men that we brought in here reflect that yeah I think every one of them have over a 34 inch reach and you know right from the start um, you know it, it was interesting people don't even talk about Gerald McCoy but here was the guy who was supposed to be one of the hammers up front for you never played it down I think was hurt on the first day of the season Leighton Vanderash hasn't made it 50 snaps over the the first couple of years of his career and, and then you go out and you draft uh, Micah Parsons the two corners off the board at that point don't know if you guys would have taken them or not but Micah Parsons uh, certainly a great player especially when you consider Dan Quinn and the defense you know that old Seattle cover three you know the whole thing but those linebackers have to be able to get some depth and cover that deep crossing route and some of the different things that come into play and and he's a great athlete I, I know that but how do you think those linebackers will shape out now uh, because you know Jalen Smith was also out of position a season ago because of the injury to Leighton how, how does that all impact the defense this year 
Well, the, you know, one the one thing in, in the post the postseason, um, you know, we felt like we we needed you know more will linebacker types, you know, yeah. more sub linebacker. So more of the athletic can run, yeah, yeah speed, more, yeah. More, more matchup, you know, conscious and yeah. and and I can't say enough about you know the the, part, the personnel acquisition component of it because you think you know Keanu Nails was in my mind the highest rated um, free agent linebacker, you know, type at, at that position, and then we feel like we got the two best will linebackers in the draft, you know, with with Micah and Jabril. So um, that in itself. I think we've really improved that that position uh, from top to bottom. So the, the ability to have the mic and the wheel and and have some more you know dynamic sub packages and so uh, that was definitely a focus along with the with the length of the of the front. You can see the you know, six guys we added up front, as you've already stated. So yeah, but the, it, it's more about personnel groups, um, matchups, you know, and and that's you know and that's really what we're focused on because. And one thing is always held true in my experience is you need you need you need all of them. And I and I always use the statistic of '77. You know, in 2010, uh, when you know I was part of that Super Bowl champion, and it was 77 players um, throughout the year it took to win that championship. And and that's so and that's the reality of it because I mean we were in the same mode last year. You know, with the with the amount of injuries, so you you have to overcome that. That's that's what our game is. 17 game season now too. So. I mean, you cannot have enough good football players, you know, and I think that the fact that we're keeping the uh, practice squad players and to be able to operate at 68, you know, the 53 plus 68, I think that's a, that, that helps everybody in this league. And I think it makes our game better. You know, it was, it was interesting watching your team scoring all those points a season ago, and really you're doing it without a healthy Tyron Smith. You're doing it without Lyle Collins playing. So most teams can't basically lose their two tackles for the season and have that thing survive with a backup quarterback and, and the whole thing. But you've got to be thinking, you know, nobody loves offense more than you do. You're, you're sitting on a little time bomb here. If, the, if if you could get your tackles healthy with the receivers that you've got playing, if Dak comes back healthy, if Zeke gets it going, you know, this thing really does have a legitimate shot, you know, to, to be able to match points with anybody, Kansas City, whoever you want to talk about, this is an offense that's sort of sitting there ready to go. Uh, definitely. I mean, I we you know we, we love the way everything looks on paper, but I think the key word you said there is match. I, we we need to make sure our offense matches our defense. You know, we we, we didn't play uh, complementary football you know, very well last year, uh, and frankly, the the turnover the turnover rate differential was a huge part of that. You know, our giveaways were you know we're twenty seventh in the league or something. So. You know, that's really we, we we need to take care of the football. And make sure we're not putting the pressure on our defense because you know the, the defense is still new, um, and you know it's. I think the complementary component is is definitely something we need to do a much better job of. But no, I don't disagree with you. I mean, hey, it's it's fun to play wide open football, but you know, but in the same breath, the complementary football wins games, and um, that that's that's the primary focus for us. You know, we all saw Alex Smith last year come back, a guy you know well. You coached him in, in San Francisco. You were part of that. Uh, and we're all scared to death for him, right? Because we we had seen everything that he had been through physically, the 17 surgeries, whatever it was. And then in his first real game back, Aaron Donald jumped on his back. 
I was watching the game live. And I, I've seen a lot of football. I watch MMA. I watch, I've seen a lot of sort of gruesome things. When Aaron Donald jumped on that, that repaired leg and rode him, I, I, could, I can still remember the squeamish feeling that I had, right, of, of just trying to, oh, my God, get off of him kind of a feeling. And you know as a coach and Dak as a player is going to have to have that moment this year too. You know, where it's going to have to stand up. He's going to have to prove it to himself. Basically, have you thought ahead about how you're going to approach preseason, the beginning of the season, and getting him over that hump? Definitely. We, we actually had another conversation about it this morning. Uh, you know, I'm sitting there talking to, with Dan and Kellen about training camp and, and, you know, our focus of, you know, make sure, you know, particularly try to practice against another team, and we're still working working on that. Um, but it's important not only for our football team, but it's important for Dak to get out there and compete against, you know, another another team in practice before before he plays a preseason game. So, you know, just trying to, you know, have have a process, um, you know, for him to, to get back in there, and, and frankly, also for for our two tackles too. So, you know, we're uh, that's all part of the training camp plan. So, so um, you know, he probably not going to play much early, but we're, we're definitely going to build up to that and. And just and it's not that he needs it, um, because if he was sitting here, he, he would tell you he's ready to go today. Um, but it is, you know, I think it's just smart uh, to come back, on, you know, on a plane like that, not just to throw him right back in there. As you step back from now, you're into your second year, and obviously things uh, you get a chance to settle in and, and know your environment. You don't have the craziness of COVID as much to deal with at this point. Um, but I thought it was interesting that your football team showed up. Um, there, a lot of teams are opting out of the voluntary part of the OTAs, and it's their right. The Players Association have kind of pushed that. Your guys showed up for the most part if they were healthy for this practice. What do you think that says about your team, and, and how do you look at it as almost a must for you guys as you were getting ready for the beginning of this season? Well, I mean, first, from my perspective, this is all I know. I mean, uh, you know, the last team I coached, we were the youngest team in the league every year by design. So um, you, we couldn't survive without the OTAs, in my view. So um, it, it's, your, it's the opportunity to bridge the gap between the young, young players and the veterans. And I've, I've always taken that approach. Now, we're frankly, in a lot of, a lot of ways, you're in a year one of our program. So um, we definitely need this. But... I think the biggest, the, the big picture is it just shows you the players' commitment. Our players really, they have been here. They have been here. They have been here almost every day since the season's uh, complete. I think a couple, some guys took a few weeks off, but you know the majority, uh, very high majority of our players live right here in Dallas. So uh, this is where they work out year round. I mean, this facility is designed for that. I mean, it's a, it's a tremendous facility. It has everything you'd ever want. Or need for off-season training, um, you know that, that's frankly part of the design and the commitment from, I think every organization. Uh, I know it's been the last two I've worked at, uh, so I, you know I, I think it just shows the guy our, our guys' commitment and, and and they know we're 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 young. We're, we're you know there's still a lot of newness to where we are in our football program. So um, yeah, I, I can't 
I can't say enough. I mean, I thanked them again this morning in the team meeting, but the commitment here is real. Um, you know, I think we had maybe two guys miss the last couple of days. So, um, but it, it's been pretty consistent all the way through the off offseason program. We, we've had great numbers. Well, the good thing is you get a nice, easy game for the opener this year. It'll be uh, just a walkover to take on the world champions during their uh, their celebration in Tampa. First time with their fans back in the stadium. And we get to see it on Sunday night slash Thursday night football uh, for that one. Is that a good thing that you open up with the world champs so everybody knows, hey, coming right out of the chute, when we're at practice, when we're at training camp, we're getting ready for Tom Brady and the world champs, and every day has to be something great if we're going to take those guys on. Oh, it's, it's definitely part of the reminders every day. You know, how many days left here in the offseason program? I think we're at 16 and, and all the way through to training camp and to that first game. But I, I, is it a good thing to play in that game? Absolutely it is. I, I think it's, it's, always, it's always a good thing when you get to play in a big time game, especially early in the season. So um, I, I think early se season football is a, a bigger challenge today than it's ever been. Um, I, I think the lack of, you know, off season and, and you know, restrictions in, in, in training camp have made September football, you know, it's, it's a little different. And I've, I've approached it that way for probably the last 10 years. So uh, the playing that environment early, and if you, you know, just look, just look at the way our schedule uh, lines up we, we don't play we don't play a game till week six where we're on a seven-day schedule and that's something that I've always looked for when the schedules come out is how many runs of seven days in a row do you have because you know regularity um, the discipline and and how you train your football team to, you know to, to get the consistency you look for you know I think you know that's part of it so um, you know it's it's good to, to get that type of game right out of the gate because we're going to be playing a bunch of national games and, uh, you know, in our travel and so forth. So we're going to have a little more stress in, 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 in our scheduling this year than, I, than I've had in the past. So um, I, I think it's good to get out, get out there right away and, and, and get into that, try to get into a rhythm of, of, of not being in a, in a normal, you know, seven-day structure till week six. Uh, the the one thing that came out of the draft this year was that it was anticipated that you guys really were hoping for a cornerback early on. Um, you got young players at that position, but you're going to find out right away, right, with Tom Brady and that receiving core that they have down there. How do you feel about the back end of this defense? And is there still a possibility of – and my guy Richard Sherman, who does this podcast with me, he's uh, you know some guys like that are still out there. Is are you still in the market a little bit? Well, I mean the the one thing we we talk about all the time, we're we're always looking. You know, we're always looking for the you know for to, to upgrade and and to add. There's there's no question there. But but also you know the, the salary cap. What's what's in front of us too is is something that it's we're tight. very focused on too. And and I think that's why you saw the. I mean, the 11th draft picks was by design, and and to be able to to, to select, you know, we had 10 going in, but to be, to be able to have 11 selections this year uh, was very important, you know, just in the big picture and the long term planning of, you know, for our roster development. So, um, so you know, yeah, we're we're we're, all, we're always looking, but uh, I, I definitely love the competition that we have in the back end, you know, and and um, so it, it'll it'll be fun to see how this all sorts out. 
My man, I appreciate you as always. I know you've got to run off and uh, do a little actual real work, but uh, congrats <laughs> on putting together uh, what looks like I, I think your team's going to be exciting. I really do. And then, and I know what Dan Quinn can do on the on the defensive side. I think it'll be a little simpler. It'll be a little bit back to the future of what they had before you got there on it from the defensive side with that Seattle and cover three and all that kind of stuff. But I, I do think that yours is going to be one of the most exciting teams to watch and we cannot wait for opening night between the Cowboys and the Bucks, and we'll kick it off together well for as crazy as last year was there's there definitely some exciting games so I, I I definitely feel strongly we will not disappoint in that area but no it's uh just the way the schedule lines up it's it, it's gonna it's gonna be a grind early and and I think that's always a good thing for your team because you get to find out where you are right away and um but we, we have a chance. We just have a lot of work to do. I mean, we have a lot of work to do. I, I like the way the team looks. They definitely have, they're putting in the extra time and the commitment. So uh, we're looking for an exciting year. And I can't thank you enough too, Chris, for uh, particularly the year off, you know, with you and PFF. And so we're, we're loving the ultimate. It's uh, our, our coaches are in, in, into it. And uh, we're definitely uh, growing with PFF too, as a, uh, as we prepare for the season. You're a nice guy. You were good enough to come up to our offices and uh, spend a day. And our guys still talk about the day that you showed up here. So it's uh, th- that was great fun. But best of luck to you. It's always a pleasure. And uh, go Cowboys. All right. Thanks, Chris. Give me all the guys my best. Will do. Thanks for coming on. Special thanks to Mike McCarthy for always being so accessible and open and honest. Just a great guy. Um, hope you had a wonderful, wonderful uh, Memorial Day weekend. I know for so many of you that that is a really tough weekend, having lost family members as we uh, honor all the incredible people that have ever served in our military. And you think of what this country um, is and, and what it never would have been, but for the heroics of so many. And it's impacted so many families that just a special uh, moment of thanks to all of those who have served and to the families of all of those who have served. We'll see you next week right here on the Chris Collinsworth Podcast. Podcast.